What is up, dudes? It's me, Drew and the crew. We're back here again. Um, gonna try and shoot a little podcast. I'm at work up in California, doing some power line work with the helicopters. Uh, this episode, we're gonna hit on the bike life and what it means to me, how I got started, and what I do, who I met, and so forth from there. Um, like many of you, you know, we all met in, with motorcycles and met through motorcycles and friends, family, Facebook, Instagram. We've all just kind of reached out and that's where we fit in, right? Get in where you fit in. And for me, that's bikes. Bikes have always been a way of life for me. You know, from movies like Biker Boys back in the day to honestly just watching drag racing motorcycles on TV. The funny cars and like that, they were cool, but I was just more impressed that the dude was hanging on you know ripping down the drag strip to me that's passion and everything kind of fell into place there growing up watching that but uh bike life all right here we go so my very first taste of two wheels was i believe in around oh three oh four ish maybe a little sooner maybe oh nine no 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 fuck oh one to ten somewhere in there my dad had um bought me my first bike which was a yz80 <clears throat> all blue right with the sh- yellow chaparral graphics he-, he had spent all all winter um rebuilding these bikes to give us for christmas and that was really my first taste of dirt bikes and my dad had rebuilt his why i want to say rmz uh 250 it might have been a 125 but i'm pretty sure it was a 250 and then my little brother actually had a ktm 50 man so there we all three were up in nevada ripping around in that case and that that's basically where we got started around that time and then you know we got into racing a little bit you know dad was coaching us teaching us and you know i remember being out in the 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 fields one time and out riding and my dad i was like hey man hey pops my, my my front brakes are sticking dude like for real and he was like, man, give me that fucking bike. This dude put his hat backwards, tank top, shorts, and flip-flops, and he took off. And if you know those little old YZ80s, man, they got a power band on. Right, you know? And this dude took off. Third gear pin, man. Boom. OTB. Over them bars that boy went. And uh, them front brakes were fucking sticking. He, he'll, he'll learn to trust me on this one. You know, I wasn't no Ricky Carmichael, but... That motherfucker wasn't no Chad Reed being old as shit getting it either. So that's basically where we started. Um, that was pretty fucking awesome. And then we rode and, you know, my brother's bike blew up and I kind of lost interest and Pop sold his and we got rid of mine. We actually got rid of that for like a Honda Odyssey. Or actually, no, we had a Honda Odyssey first and then we got all the dirt bikes, but whatever. So <clears throat> if you ain't never fucked with a Honda Odyssey, you should. Them things are wild. All right, so we went from there. I took a fat break from riding, not because I wanted to, just because you know you're you're as a kid growing up, and you kind of you kind of do those kind of things. And then I had graduated high school, joined the military. It was like you know, if, you know, you get the military installation. Everybody got a fucking bike, right? Everybody. And one day I was just kind of like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go buy me a bike." I went. I got me a 2006 GSXR 600. 
Of course, I bought it to the 750 through the dealership because, you know, I had the credit card and I could max it out if I added all the upgrades. So I did that, got a helmet, works exhaust all on that thing. Uh, this was in El Paso, Texas when I was in the military. Ripped that thing around. Actually put 24,000 miles on that bike in about a year and a half. I rode it everywhere. Replaced the stator with it. I mean, did everything. I met one of my old roommates. He's in the Army also, Antoine Antoine. He had a CBR 1000. Man, we would ride. We'd rip all through New Mexico, come back, and that was a blast, man. Having a roommate with a 1000. I was on 750, always racing on the highways. All Just ripping, dude. Good friendship. It was awesome. Couldn't ask for a better roommate during that time, you know, when motorcycles were so important to me. Um, so then thinking about it, that's actually where I met Finney, who was in our military group. I'm still friends with him on Facebook, but he was like truly the first stunter who I've ever seen, you know, do circle wheelies or endos, nose wheelies, whatever. And yeah, dude was getting it back in what, 2010 and it's crazy that it it sparked interest to me, but I always thought like, oh, I could never afford that. I could never. I'm in the military, man. And here I am riding around, you know, a $7,000, $8,000 sport bike thinking I could never afford stunting. In reality, four grand, you're in the sport, right? Like, decently. Probably decently. I say decently. And Finney was out there doing his thing, and it just never really clicked to me that that's something I would be coming around doing when I was 30, starting at, what, 31 years old? And, phew. Finney was doing it back then. Good for him. All right. So then, like, that was in the military around 2011-ish. Um, sold that bike, Afghanistan, deployed, whatever. Um, you know, life happened. And then it wasn't until I was working in Afghanistan that one of the guys at work, was Gomez, was watching a uh, Unknown Industries video. And I, I just remember, like, looking over his shoulder like, wow, dude, what the fuck are you watching? And it was all the unknown crew, dude. Willie Pig, all of them just ripping willies, just having a blast, man. And I, I just remember looking at it like, fuck, I want to do that. Like, that is the video that made me go, I want a Dyna. I want a Willie, you know? So, I bought a Dyna. My wife picked it up out of Austin. And I club-styled the shit out of this thing. I It had made it look like trash, honestly. But I club-styled it. And it looked decent. I had it painted. Um, and then rode that around for a little bit. Met up with the DFW Dyna crew. Actually went to the very first one up in Dallas. And that was that was a blast. Rode there with my wife. Very first one they ever had. And got to meet all the dudes like Paul, Cracker, uh, Jace. And, you know, that split up. You know, it went two different ways, two different things. But that is a whole other story. But it's all past us. It's good, man. We're fucking tight with them. They're tight with us. And... We're all starting to ride together, which is what bike life's about, right? So then um, I ended up going to... All right, sorry for that break. Had a helicopter come in. Um, so back where I was is we're all starting to ride together. So then, uh, you know, we start riding with the DFW Island crew, and that's where I meet Rock Stunts, man. First guy I saw to fucking rip a willy. And uh, at the time, he had a Sportster, he had a Dyna. And uh, I think a Street Bob, maybe. I'm not sure. But uh, first guy with a Harley I saw just rip it. And and then, you know, Cracker and the group fucking just started ripping his wheelies. And it was like, oh, shit, dude. Not not just 
one dude's doing this, you know, it's kind of a big thing now. And Cracker, you know, he was telling us that he was trying to rip Willie's back in the day, started riding around, ripping California, came to Texas, moved there, uh, found the DFW Dining Crew, and we're all just ripping. And then he's just started ripping, you know, no one was really about that life. And then Rock Stunts came, and it kind of sparked his love and interest for it back. And God, dude, if you ain't ever seen Cracker ride on uh, his Dyna, dude, it's so fun to watch that guy just throw that bike around and, and get after it. But he was like one of the him and rock were one of the first ones i saw actually like pull a front wheel up on a harley and here i was like dude i want to fucking do that i, I want to learn well I, my dyno wasn't really i don't want to say built because you don't have to build them too much but clutch didn't really feel that good and all that stuff and honestly i just didn't have the nutsack at the time to fucking just rev limit it and just dump it and if you've ever met coach and tony and zach or that's who i mean when i say coach is zach they'll get that fucking wheel up they're going to talk shit to you, but they love you and they want you to see you do it because stunt, the stunt world, it's mental. It's the biggest mental game you'll ever have. And everybody looks at you and goes, oh, why do you want to ride a fucking wheelie? It's so stupid. It's so dangerous. It's the mental game that you overcome that when you hit that and you're sitting in BP and you're riding it and you're actually doing it and you're getting a feel for it, even if you're riding that handbrake, you know what I mean? Whatever. It's a feeling of overcoming every fear you had with that machine that you can't explain to people. It's You cannot. You cannot. It's the best feeling in the world. So anyways, I saw these dudes riding these Harley wheelies, and I said, I got, I'm in Afghanistan. I went back to Afghanistan for work, and I said, you know what? I want my bike built up. Anders. Anders built my shit up so good, man. We did the handbrake on the Harley. We did the front forks on it, I believe. We did the tail scrape plate with the foot plate step step plate in it and Anders was ripping it it rode willies like a charm dude that thing was beautiful and then I kind of got in this weird spot in my life and I was like you know what I want to be debt free paying on the Harley trying to willy it get rid of that thing so I sold it like a fucking idiot I sold it to a homie of mine who I was working with in Afghanistan and I came home to no motorcycle, and that was kind of a hard point for me, man. It, coming home, knowing all my boys were still ripping. So what I did is I kind of liked the stunt scene, and, you know, I bought a 636, an 05, which is not really the best years, but whatever. So I bought an 05 636, turned that thing into a little stunt bike. And that's the first bike I was ever able to hit um, BP on, Balance Point. And that's when I got a true feel on how to ride a wheelie you know and it was double peg like nothing to brag about but that was the first bike to ever pop it up and go okay so if i sit right here where it feels like i'm gonna fall back that's actually the balance point and i could float in this little spot and hold this wheelie and it's not your fucking power wheelies these sport bikes are doing on the highway at 80 miles an hour you know your goal on our wheelies is like 20 ish mile an hour or whatever you know depending on whoever is doing it and where you want to do it but you know, in a lot and whatnot, you're just trying to hit balance point and sit in it. And that was the first bike that I was ever able to do it on. And I, you know, I did that, you know, with my good boys and we were out at, you know, the golden ticket lot and whatnot. And shout out to all them dudes that helped me out there ride them. And, uh, yeah, so that I had that 636 stunt bike. So then I was like, man, fuck this 636. Uh, I got rid of that. Um, the kids have a 20... 20 efi 110 honda so you know i started taking them to the lot also and i got rid of the 636 
And what do you know? I bought another Harley. I bought an 06 Bagger. Why I went Bagger this time is honestly I thought I was going to get another stunt bike. In my brain, I was wanting another. I was really wanting like a 2019 636 or a 2020 636 um, to start stunting on again. I was going to slowly build that up to stunt. And I wanted the Bagger for like Kelly and I to ride and cruise and chill and just something like really to relax on, you know, not really having to want to ride a wheelie all the time. And that idea lasted for all of like a minute. If you ever met me, I changed my mind today or tomorrow, you know. Um, so now the bagger is actually going through its stunt phase because now everybody's riding wheelies on baggers. And I got a good friend, Ryan, who's fucking making it look so easy when it's not because that guy can kill a Grom. He's a hell of a stunt rider. And he jumped on the big bagger road glide. Man, he's fucking making it look so easy. And he's actually kind of motivating me also. And Coach Zach, you know, he's got a big fucking um, a big bagger and whatnot. And to me, the end goal is bagger wheelie. It's fun. But do I think I'll be there anytime soon? Absolutely not. Uh, I bought a 2017 Grom. I currently own all three of those bikes I just mentioned. And the Grom... If you're trying to break into the stunt world and you're trying to learn how to ride wheelies, do not waste your money on anything else besides a Honda Grom. They are cheap. You drop them. It's 40 bucks to $100 to get it going again. And it's endless love. It is the most street legal fun you will have. No, you can't get on a highway, but it is the most street legal fun you'll ever have. Priority Stunts puts on a Monday night ride and it is like the most fun I've had on on two wheels in my whole entire life and here i am 33 years old a little overweight riding a fucking scooter dude but this thing fucking rips like it rips it really does i learned seat standards on it double pegging it now my main thing is i want to learn to sit and balance point while sitting down on the seat you know and it's funny how i went from double pegging on the grom to seat standing but I'm still kind of dragging the handbrake, and I need, to, I need to get better at that, and Coach will agree on me with me on that one. But, you know, the other thing is is I can't ride a wheelie sitting down. I could do it standing up all day long, but not sitting down, and that's something I really want to get better at because that's how you're going to start on the bagger, right? So the end goal is the bagger, but I think it's years away. Um, but not years, but, you know, it's all about seat time, and that's another thing people tell you about bike life is seat time, man. Seat time is something motherfuckers want to complain oh i can't ride a wheelie i can't well how much have you practiced dude because you know that's another thing these harley riders man we practice oh i say we but like cracker tony zach them guys are on the seat i'd say at minimum when they're not crazy busy at work because we all have lives at minimum 15 15 hours a week you know what i mean like on the seat practicing maybe a little less than that but these stunt bike riders, these kids, man, they're on their seat every damn day practicing. So don't be saying, oh, I can't wheelie. I can only do this. Well, you're not putting the time in. And you need somebody to push you and somebody that's right there that knows what they're doing to help you out. And, that, you know, that's things like Cracker, Tony, Rock Stunts, Zach. Um, they won't steer you wrong. They're doing it. They're going to tell you what works. You're going to fucking rev that Harley to rev living her and dump it. You're going to, you know what I mean? get uncomfortable but that's exactly where that balance point is and that's what the whole stunt scene is about and that's i want to get better at it but it takes seat time and with five children and working you know so many days on so many days off it's hard to fit that in there and i'm not upset about that because it's definitely a part of my life but i can't be into it as much as i would like 
And I'm okay with that. Family always comes first over everything. But bike life is something to me that means the absolute most. And it's where my mental health stays straight. It's what keeps me smiling. It's, uh, you know, and this is not talking as if my family aren't that. My family is that. My family is my first priority. My family makes me smile. My family makes my mental health straight. But the one step below that is being on two wheels. You know, if I have a shitty time at home, I want to, I want to go ride. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want to sit there and just dwell on it. You know, something's happening at work or whatever, but I just want to go ride. And to me, like, that's where this bike life started was just meeting other people. You know, when I came into the bike life, I had people like Paul, Cracker, Kyle, Brennan, Adam, Daniel, Cody. I met and man, that was fun riding. We would go on these rides, club style type, you know, ripping and his wife daniel's wife amanda can outride half these motherfucking dudes and man we would just go ripping highway have fun um you know and playing it safe and doing our thing there but nowadays you know the dfw diner crew has truly came to like a lot more people which is fucking cool like tony zach ryan colby chris taryn cornbread a few others i'm sure i haven't mentioned swami but you know they just ride with us and you know cisco they're all starting to come along um i know one other dude i won't mention his name because i told me to keep it on the low but he just picked up a sportster stunt bike and that's going to be great but uh long story short man bikes have been always been a part of my life that's just a quick backstory i'm on the side of a mountain got nothing better to do so i figured i'd let you guys in on what i how i got started and what i do but yeah man bike life is just it's just part of my life and yeah, I'm probably not as deep into bike life as some of these other dudes doing these rides every week and seat time every other day, but I'm fucking in it, dude. You know, I don't have a DFW9 tattoo for no reason, man. That shit was life for me, and the people I've met through there is something I'll always remember and something I'll always and never will forget, you know? So I appreciate the love, guys. I know it's a quick podcast, but I just wanted to get another one out there on my bike life and my story and... uh you know, truly, I need to start getting more of you guys on this. This is super simple to do. I mean, it's probably not the best audio with everything in the background, but I don't care, man. Anything to throw on while you're at work, driving to work, whatever. But just know that uh, everybody's out there for a reason, man. And mine mine is my family at first, then bike life, and then even my job. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, family first, but bike life is definitely up there high. And... Yo, dude, just uh, let me know where you guys came from, where you started, what you're on, and where you plan to go because I don't have a five-year plan for bike life, but my five-year plan would be Willie and the Bagger and maybe have, you know, another little Dinah. I'm sort of wanting a Dinah again, you know, but the Bagger the bagger just rips, dude, and that's the thing. It's hard to give up a Bagger once you get on one. It's five, five, they're so big. You got the bags, and you not everyone's rocking them. And a Dyna, dude, the Dyna market's so fucking crazy right now. Like, God, dude, you might as well be. I got five kids. I'm about to give up two of them just to try and get a nice Dyna. Jesus. But anyways, y'all have a good day, man. Thank you for listening. Um, Hope everybody's doing well. And if you're not, you know, you can contact me. Yeah, dude. Peace, love, and chicken grease and what all the other things you guys say. But take care, homies. Peace, love.